One time, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there along the lake shore. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. He sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we worked hard all through the night and caught nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were about to tear apart. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help him. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For Peter and all those with him were amazed at the number of fish they had caught, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Have no fear. From now on, you will be catching people. After they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. When Jesus Christ says to Simon Peter, Have no fear, from now on you will be catching people. There are quite a few compelling reasons for Peter to listen, to follow Jesus, and to do that work without fear. As you see... This is not the first time that Jesus and Simon Peter have ever met. After Jesus' own hometown of Nazareth rejected him, Jesus moved on to another town called Capernaum. And while he was in Capernaum, Jesus did what he did everywhere he went. He preached about the kingdom of heaven. He proclaimed the good news of salvation. He drove out demons and healed diseases. And among the people that Jesus healed there in Capernaum, was Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus got up, left the synagogue, and went into Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. They asked him to help her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately, she got up and began serving them. So even before Jesus arrives on this day to the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Peter has already heard at least once what Jesus has to say about the kingdom of heaven. And he has already seen, at least once in his own house, the power that Jesus has as the Son of God. And now, on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is going to get to hear Jesus preach and teach again from Peter's own boat. Jesus saw two boats there along the lakeshore. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats which belonged to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. He sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. But Jesus does not ask for this favor from a stranger. Peter has heard him preach. He's seen Jesus' power. Now he gets to hear Jesus preach again. And now he's going to get to see round two of Jesus' power. Because after spending a long time with his partners trying to catch fish in that sea the right way, the way you're supposed to fish in the Sea of Galilee, very early in the morning, near the shore, and coming up dead empty. Peter now 
Peter now listens to Jesus' command to fish the way you are exactly not supposed to fish in the Sea of Galilee, which is late in the morning, out in the deep water. And when Peter does that, he and his partners catch so many fish that it stretches their nets and begins to sink their boats. So Peter has heard what Jesus has to say. He has seen Jesus' power at least twice. And so Peter has good reasons to listen when Jesus says, have no fear, from now on you will be catching people. And then on the other hand, Peter has some pretty logical reasons not to listen when Jesus says that. In the first place, apparently, Peter has a family to take care of. And leaving them to do the work of catching people would be leaving the people who are looking to Peter to provide for them and to take care of them. Uh, in the second place, Peter has a business going here. And I don't know if you were listening carefully, but Jesus never mentioned the starting salary for a people catcher because there wasn't one. And leaving your livelihood and following someone who has no money to pay you, uh, that's kind of scary too. And then on top of that, Peter has partners. You know, during this story, we hear about we and partners. Now, anybody who cares about the people he works with, he, that person's going to think long and hard about what their departure is going to mean for their partners and for their co-workers. So when Jesus calls Peter to follow him without fear and do the work of catching people, you have over here some very good reasons for Peter to listen, to follow Jesus, and to do that work without fear. And then on this side, you also have some pretty good reasons for him to say, you know what, I think I'll stay here with my boats and my family and stick with catching fish instead of people. Joining Jesus in the work of catching people, that is something that Jesus calls all of his followers to do. And basically the work is this. To cast the net of God's word as far and wide as you can into the deep, dark world around you. Cast Jesus' word everywhere. And then trust the Holy Spirit to catch people up in the net of Jesus' saving gospel. To catch souls one at a time for the kingdom of God. And there are many different ways that Jesus' people can do this work in their lives. To some people, like Peter, missionaries and pastors today, God gives a call to proclaim his word publicly to groups of Christians. Most Christians don't have a call like that. Very few do. But to all Christians, God gives family, friends, and co-workers they can speak to. He gives us resources so that we can pay for the work of those pastors and teachers. And he gives us all the privilege of praying to him. We can simply ask for his word to spread for Jesus' love to enter more hearts and catch more souls for Jesus' kingdom. And our opportunities to work without fear to catch people, the opportunities we have are about as wide and varied as our individual lives are wide and different. There are some things we can all do some things we all have in common. We can all pray for God's word to spread in this world. But standing up here and listing off the 7,500 other possible examples of how you could do the work of catching people probably isn't the best use of time. This requires 
each Christian to look closely at his or her individual lives, look how they can do this work, and wherever you can, however you can, cast the net of God's word and do that work without fear, just the way Jesus called St. Peter to do it. I'm sure you've seen before little fish necklaces, t-shirts with fish, bumper stickers with fish. I'm sure you know that's a symbol for Christianity. You probably also know that symbol of a fish was used by Christians way back in the Roman Empire. They used it as like a code symbol for Christianity, especially during times of intense persecution. You wouldn't want to come right out in a conversation and say you were a Christian because if you're talking to the wrong person, they could report you. You could get in big trouble. So if you were a Christian and you were speaking to another Christian and you wanted to find out if that person also happened to be a Christian, you could drop in little references to fish or fishing, or you could use your walking stick to just kind of draw a little fish there in the sand. And then if the other person responded by talking about fish or making a little picture of a fish, then you could connect to a fellow Christian without risking getting in trouble. And I always wondered, they could have picked anything, right? for their code, for their symbol. I wonder, why a fish? Well, one reason is, you might know this too, the Greek letters that spell fish, they also form an acronym that stands for Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. So it's kind of a neat symbol because that acronym summarized what they believed about Jesus. I think it's also because fishing was a relatively common activity and fish was a staple in their diet, so it wouldn't sound too suspicious if you just happened to talk to that about somebody. It wouldn't raise any alarms. But I think it's also because Christians back then recognized that they were, all Christians since then have been, and we are fish. We are fish who have been caught by the love of our Savior Jesus. Starting with people like St. Peter, God has cast the net of Jesus' love far and wide in this world, and you and I are among the fish in this world who have been caught for the kingdom of Christ. Now that day, on the shores of Galilee, St. Peter said to Jesus, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. And you know, really, that is the only thing that sinful people have a right to say to the Son of God. And by all rights, the only thing Jesus should do for us is turn and walk away from us and leave us in our condemnation because we're sinful and he's holy. But Jesus doesn't do that to sinful people. Jesus loves sinful people, so he doesn't turn around and walk away from them and leave them in their sin. Instead, Jesus comes close to sinful people. He comes so close to us that he actually became one of us. He came into our world as a flesh and blood human being like us to be perfect in our place. Jesus came close to us. He came into this world to be raised up on the cross and take the punishment for our sins. And he rose from the dead so that you and I will be close to him forever will be right by his side for eternity in his heavenly kingdom. Jesus does not walk away from sinners. He loves sinners. He comes close to them and he saves them. And then when the Holy Spirit brings them to faith, those sinners come to Jesus and they are with him. They are right by his side for eternity. 
We really have a lot in common with St. Peter. We have heard what Jesus has to say. We have heard his loving message of salvation over and over again, and we have seen Jesus do amazing things. We have watched him come close to us, come into our world, and save us. So a lot like St. Peter, we have really good reasons to listen when Jesus calls us to follow him and to do this work without fear. On the other hand, like Peter, we also have our reasons to be afraid to do the work of catching people. It is scary. It is intimidating to talk to other people, whether they're family members that you are very close to and love dearly or people you barely know. It's scary to talk to them about what Jesus has done for them because you just don't know ahead of time how they are going to react. You don't know whether they're going to believe it or whether they're going to reject what you have to say, and it's a little bit scary what the consequences could be if they reject it. And we all have a lot of good things to spend our time and our money on in life. It is a little bit intimidating to commit the time to prayer, to commit financial resources to work of pastors and missionaries. And even just doing the basic work of looking hard at your life and asking yourself, where can I cast the word of God? That's a little intimidating too. That takes thought. That takes effort. The first thing we should do today when we hear Jesus give us this call to catch people without fear is to thank God for the successes that he has given us in this work. You know, I don't think, of course, anybody here can claim perfection, that they've done this perfectly in their lives, but God has worked through us to do this work. Uh, we have spoken to other people, we have prayed, we have made offerings, we have considered our lives and the, the people that we can speak to in our own individual lives and it's right to thank God for the good things that he has done through us to answer this call. And then, of course, it's also right to confess that we haven't done this perfectly, and sometimes we fail to do it simply because we're afraid. And for that, we ask God to forgive us, and we know he does, because we have the same Jesus who did not walk away from St. Peter when Peter told him to. We have the Jesus who said, no, I'm going to come close to you and call you. We have the Jesus who has come into our world, become one of us, and saved us from our sins. And now in that salvation, we ask him, Jesus, help me to answer this call without fear. Help me to do this work. Jesus, you can do that. You can work that in me. Now this day, when Jesus arrives at the Sea of Galilee, is marking a turning point in the ministry of our Savior. Because up to this point, as far as we know, Jesus has been working alone. He's been preaching and teaching and healing and driving out demons solo. But that can't last forever. That can't go on indefinitely because the Heavenly Father has a set time for Jesus to carry out his mission in this world. It's going to be three more years that Jesus will live this perfect life for us. And then the Father has a, a set time when Jesus will be crucified, take our sins away. The date of Easter is set. And the Father's plan is that 40 days after that, Jesus will not remain in this world, but he will return to the glory of his Father in heaven. So before that happens, Jesus calls these disciples so they will have time to grow in their faith 
to grow in their knowledge of God's word, their courage to do this work of catching people, and they will be ready just 10 days after Jesus' ascension when the Holy Spirit comes to them on Pentecost, they'll be ready to be reminded of everything Jesus has taught them about the kingdom of God. And then they will be prepared to go out and do this work, carry on the work of catching people. They will do it, and will they ever do it, and they will do it unafraid, all the way to the point of surrendering their own freedoms and surrendering their own lives. And that work of catching people, this fishing expedition has been going on now all over the world for 2,000 years, all the way down to us. Our Savior Jesus has caught us in his love. And now, this work continues through his people like you and me. And we ask God to make us faithful and to answer this call to catch people without fear because we have a Savior who has caught us in his love. So, have no fear. From now on, you will be catching people. Amen.